Do we have to? Yes, I we have to do this. This is we are all Bill Murray, and this is Groundhog Day, and this is what we do. This is what we do, Adam. I don't think you're understanding something. <laughs> well, the, I understand that the gain's a little high on your microphone. <laughs> and guess what? It can get it. Oh, sorry. No, was that too much? Jesse's like, well, <laughs> got to produce that away. <laughs> There's me not knowing how things work, thinking that Jesse's just got to produce. This is all. He's just got to produce lower audio. Adam, <laughs> how dare you be sad? Oh. How dare you be? Spa- how dare you be sad? And clearly not have an understanding of the mantle of responsibility we have for this godforsaken fan base. Godforsaken, Adam, because we are all that there is. There is no hockey god for Toronto Maple Leafs fans. There is no hockey god. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but for hockey, there is no hockey god. I am sorry. You thought, you thought, I bet you did. This one time, 2020, the summer of weird, when the weirdest team in the entire world can finally pull it off. Blow it out your nose. Learn your place in the world. You're a Leaf fan. This is your lot in life. Deal with it or don't. You you suppress that shit. Keep it all the way down and let it fester. As you watch Chris Smoove videos, he just started a UFC 4 campaign. Boys, don't act like you did. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't give a shit. Google it. Google it. Google it. Or you look up Mark Ribiet. Eve, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway. I I told them what it was. Chris Smoove. You can look it up. What maneuver could possibly be smoother? And you can watch old NBA on TNT. Mm Mm-hmm. You can watch Draymond Green lose $50,000 that he won't even know is missing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, have a bowl of Frosted Flakes. I don't know. That part I like. Yeah. yeah. I'll take that part. part Oh, I like all those things I just mentioned. Yeah. I just listed all the things that don't disappoint me after talking about the Leafs. Listen, Mm. what do you want to know? What do you want to know? I think why is a good place to start. Why, why did why? this happen? Why did a team that only scored – how does a team, I guess, only score on 2% of their expected shots, on their expected goals? How does, how does a team with this much talent up front still have to front load their top line because they're afraid the other guys can't get it done? Well, Adam um, – you know, it's it's like forget the defense. We know that sucks. I mean, yep. how do you how do you not score a fucking goal, man? <laughs> like I don't somewhere, know. Somewhere, Adam, between questions and answers are possibilities. So I see two. Mm-hmm. They're unlucky, or they suck. They suck. They're not good. And there was a piece that I felt during the third period of that game. And during the handshake line, I mean, the bastards, the, the, the bastards, like, because you actually had to hold on for the entire game. Cause mm-hmm. you're like, based on last game, literally the last game, they might do this. 
the bastards, the sons of guns that they are for making us believe, for making it a possibility that they might legitimately come back in this game. But the peace that I felt throughout the third period and handshake line was so different than the year before. Because what did we have? Game six against Washington, they lose. It wasn't in the nicest fashion, but like five overtime games against the President's Trophy winning team. You probably shouldn't have even made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're the youngest team in the league. That was sick. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Game seven to Boston. The next year, 2018. That was annoying. Capping with that disgusting goal should have gone down in Leaf folklore history. Mm-hmm. Um, they blow that. But they shouldn't have been in that series to begin with. They were down 3-1. They were not the better team. Mm-hmm. Last year, they were, I thought, clearly the better team against Boston through five games. Had an opportunity to close it on home ice. Awful defensive performance. Just awful. Game seven, you show up. TD Garden again. You play your worst game of the series. Matthews doesn't reach 19 minutes. That felt, that felt bad. That felt like the Leafs blew it. They blew it. Worse than the year before when they actually blew it because they had a third period lead. They blew it because they had an opportunity to finish these guys off twice and they couldn't do it. This one, the piece I found was, oh, they're just not good enough. Like, oh, well, uh, when when one team is playing another and one of them is just not very good, Uh, You expect them to lose, and the Leafs are just not very good. Oh, Steve, they shot 2%. Oh, Steve, it's this five-game series in the middle of the summer. Okay. Okay. Despite all evidence to the contrary, okay. Like, you cannot tell me you watched all 70 games this season before this qualifying round and thought they were good. They're not good. Uh, And here's the problem that I sort of talked myself through. What about them is good? What is good? They got a top 10 starter? No. No, they don't. No, they, they don't. You don't think Anderson? You don't think he's not a top 10? No. If there was a draft tomorrow, you don't think Anderson goes top 10? No. All the goalies. He'd go top 10. He'd go top 10. It'd be the wrong pick. It would be the wrong pick. Top he's, 15. He's all right. He, he is. Anderson is. In deeply ingrained in the bedrock of okay. He's okay. The defense, uh, we don't even need to dignify it with spending any time on it. It's one of the worst in the league. Their offense. What shattered the Leafs offense is the most simple defensive structure there is from the Columbus Blue Jackets and putting their three best players on the same line which is not a foreign concept. Jason Spezza is literally on the Leafs. Uh, It's not a foreign concept, and it completely sunk them. Led to the first goal. Like, William Nylander thrown to the Sharks. Like, how are you going to have him play center in a game like that? How are you going to have him play center after not doing it in a game like that? I don't know. I I don't get it. So, here, wait, I'm not done. I'm I'm not done. After Keefe got promoted to the Leafs, the Toronto Marlies were one of the worst teams in the American League. 
The Leafs do not have a first-round pick unless they magically win Lafreniere tonight. So let's go forward with the assumption that they don't. It's like an 87.5% chance they don't get Lafreniere. They don't have a first-round pick. Their farm system is terrible. Their forwards obviously aren't working. Their defense is one of the worst in the league. Frederick Anderson, even if you do think he's top 10, has one year left, and then he's going to ask for money that the Leafs simply aren't going to be able to give him and shouldn't give him because he's over 30. What about the Toronto Maple Leafs am I excited about? They are in a bad, bad way, and Dubas has a lot of work to do. And he better come up with some better answers than Cody Ceci and Tyson Berry. There it is. Like, I don't know. This is a short show. We, we were going to go to two. You want to – is that it? Is that – I got other videos to do. Like, sorry to get dark. Can I They're not good. What's your, oh, yeah, sorry. Can what's I, your question? So, let's assume all those things are true. They are. First of all. They are. And you take a look at the Leafs and you say, okay, they're eighth in the conference and they're playing the ninth place team. Yep. Let's, uh, let's do a comparable. In the NBA, right now in the Eastern Conference, uh, the eight and nine teams are the Orlando Magic and the Charlotte Hornets. Knowing nothing, objectively, Steve, if I told you, hey, the Orlando Magic, you know, they're the eighth place team in the conference, but I expect them to go all the way to Stanley Cup final. You know, they're going to take over and they're going to do it. And then they don't do it. Would you be shocked? Would you be disappointed? No, because that's, that's ridiculous. That's the eighth place team. They're not a very good team. So why are we disappointed at the outcome? Why are we surprised if this is such a bad team and the record proves that they're a bad team because every time they go out, they end up in this mediocre position in the standings. So we should because... be disappointed. These should have been our expectation was that they might lose. This is just a toss-up. Just an 8-9 no. matchup between two mediocre hockey teams. Jesse, for the past two years, we've been told they were the 76ers, yeah, but not why, the Magic. Why would you believe that if every evidence proves otherwise? Well, that's what we're coming to grips with. They're not the 76ers. They're the Magic. Yeah. But they have the pieces of the 76ers. Do they, though? Or are you overrating players because they play for your favorite team? Isn't that the question, Jesse? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the question? Who on the Leafs should be safe? Matthews. Yeah, one of the top five players in the NHL. Matthews. That's it. That's the end of the list, right? Mm-hmm. Tavares can go if there's a deal. Marner can go if there's a deal. Willie can go if there's a deal. I like Mo. I'd be sad if he went. Mm-hmm. I like Hyman. I'd be sad if he went. There's no reason to trade Robertson. Muzzin, if there's a deal, he can go. Anyone can go. Who on this team do you love? Matthews. Okay. Like, this, this is the thing. And, and this, is, this is what I hope. So, you can cherry pick quotes. And Sheldon Keefe was like, well, they shot 2%. And, yeah, it's true. Chris Johnson's article last night is great. Like, the Columbus Blue Jackets – are designed to beat the Leafs exactly how they beat them. Just push them to the outside, have them take all these crappy shots. Uh, and like part of the reason, you have to respect that part of the reason the Leafs shot 2% is because of the Blue Jackets. It, it, it's not just Corpus Allo. Like the Blue Jackets put Corpus Allo in a, way to, uh, in a position to succeed. 
Like sometimes we look at these teams and we're like, God, what a goalie factory. Are they a goalie factory or do they just know how to support their goalie? Frederick Anderson on the Liam Foodie goal, the 2-0 goal. He can't commit. He can't commit because Justin Hall couldn't do a simple shoulder check on a line change. And Martin Marinson's go-to move is to press L1. Press L1, and he can't commit because the one defensor, uh, defenseman bailed and the other committed to nothing but existence. Martin Marinson was committed to being alive at that moment and nothing else. He wasn't committed to the shooter or the passer. What's Freddie supposed to do? Prepare for what? How many balls can you juggle before you start dropping them? You know what I mean? He's the one I, t- I talked about all the things that are bad on the lease. Frederick Anderson is the one where I'm like, I don't know, on a team that can do things, he might be okay. The Leafs can't do things. I don't even remember where this rant started. I went to bed at four in the morning. Um, they're not good. They're not good. And Oh, sorry, where I was going with that. So the 2% thing, uh, the Leafs need to really they got to tap into the emotions of the most emotional fan base in hockey and they need to respect them. Are you seriously going to go ahead and be like, well, you know, it was just bad luck after losing in the first round again, you're going to don't pull out numbers. I don't want to hear them. No one wants to hear them and no one who watched them was like, you, you know what? Sometimes when a goalie really weathers the storm, I saw people earnestly comparing Corpus Allo's performance in this series to Yaroslav Halak in 2010 when him and the Habs toppled the Caps and Penguins. What? Is this podcast sponsored by LASIK too? Are you? That's crazy. Halak stood on his skull and brain. Corpusello had to make two good saves a game. Yeah. Corpusello got yanked in game three that the Leafs lost, by the way, and didn't even play in game four. This dude missed a game and a half in a five-game series, and we're comparing him to Yaroslav Alak in 2010. He didn't work hard. He didn't have to work hard. He didn't have to be a world-beating goalie. The Columbus Blue Jackets put him in a position to succeed, and he did. And they did. And it's a wonderful thing. Easy team to cheer for. I saw that 2% thing, and my first reaction was, well, they had 40 shots, and about 38 of them were low quality. You know, it wasn't a difficult 40 saves by these goalies over the course of the five games. The 2% makes sense. Did you watch the game? Like, yeah, they had a whole bunch of low-quality shots. They were just getting them towards the net. It wasn't like they were threatening to score all the time. They, they did something that I rarely remember seeing in hockey where it – so I've, we've talked about this on the podcast before. I was like a very casual basketball viewer, but over the past few years I've started watching more and more and more and more. And the concept of leaving a guy wide open because you know he sucks at threes is hilarious to me. Cody Cece got a lot of open looks. <laughs> he got a lot of open looks, and he scored a goal 
that was going wide and happened to hit someone. You want to talk about their lack of puck luck. You got a shorthanded goal from Cody Cece and a 3-0 lead, and you lost it. Don't tell me about puck luck. You lost. You stink. Even if, even if it's just an unlucky series, the 70 games that preceded it were torture. Torture. They were awful. They're not a great team. They were cap-strapped to begin with, and they had some difficult decisions ahead of them to begin with. Now it's a global pandemic, and the cap is not going up. Nobody asked for this, but it's the situation that is in front of you. People have to go. People were probably going to have to go if they won. But they didn't win, did they? They lost. People got to go. Well, I think... Um, excuse the noise. I'm having some work done at my house. Um, I, I, I was think, like, damn, did you mute me? Or yeah, no, I, I muted me. Um, yourself, yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I, I think I got up this morning, thought about it a bit, a bit in the shower and this got to be the end of this group. And I think they know it. If you saw Mitch Marner's face at the press conference, I wish that had been his face on the, on the ice last night. Oh, you guys take over. Sure. I mean, <laughs> with regards to Marner, and Jesse, maybe you can help talk me through this. Go ahead. People in this fan base really do not like this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, after everything that happened this summer, last summer, <laughs> my sense of time is all messed up. People really do not. But people really hold a grudge against this kid. And I watched him compete in these playoffs and I just, I didn't see it. I really, I watch when Mitch Marner's out there, he gives it a hundred percent every game. He tries. He really, really tries. But to me, if you're an $11 million player and you go out there and you leave your heart and soul on the ice every game, it's going to go in more than just game four. He's a great player. He should be a Leaf forever. And I think the paper he signed last summer guaranteed he won't be. It's too yeah, much. I disagree with that because I think that's an untradeable contract. Right. I'm Who's taking that? How do you move that number? You don't move that. You don't move that number. That's, that's the thing. Like, Tavares, they're, they're, they're not moving that. Matthews, well, obviously, they're not going to move him. I mean, it's, I mean, I hate to, I hate to validate everything that everybody else has said, but those contracts were signed under a different set of circumstances, right? They were signed under the auspices of, you know, there's going to be an inflated cap. There's a new USTB deal. There's going to be gate. There's going to be, you know, the cap should go up three to 4 million bucks a year or whatever. And none of those things are going to be true. It's going to be a flat cap for three to five years. And so, so so they're screwed that way. And who is going to take $11 million for a winger that's well, not Patrick Kane and at this point at this point well and what have the Blackhawks done since he signed that deal right you know, I know I know they're still in the playoffs right now and who knows but but come on I mean like on. I mean listen if it were but, normal and, it, and Hawks fans know that and I wish them the best but like let's let's be honest they were the what are they 23 of 24 teams like come on so the Zeitz have contracts awful and so yeah. They make concessions to trade it, all right? They put themselves into debt to trade it. We are 
in debt this season so that we can get out of the next four or five or whatever it is. And they lost Connor Brown in order to do it. Okay. The Patrick Marlowe contract is awful. And here's a first round pick so that we can get out of it. And so they put themselves into first round pick debt. Odds Mm -hmm. are they're going to have to give up that pick. There is a legitimate argument with Marner and whatever other contract you want to get rid of to just sitting in it to just sitting in it and trying to address the problems around it. He's still like a 90 to 100 point player. You know what I mean? He's a good player. Uh, Should you just sit in it since he's a good player and you can't keep trying to dig up? You can't keep giving away picks Mm -hmm. and promising young players to address this. Think of all the young pieces the Leafs have given up over the past few years to compete. Think of all the picks they've given up on Brian Boyle and Thomas, Thomas Placanitz and even Jake Muzzin. Um, Jack Campbell, Kyle Clifford. Ja- oh, oh. Because they, because they refused to go out and actually address the backup goaltender situation last summer the way they should have. And we, what should give you pause is how much everyone praised the Leafs' fourth line, and the Leafs are like, oh, the fourth line, the fourth line. Got to reward the fourth line. They re-signed Kyle Clifford. There's another second-round pick. Well, he, he's not. He's going to be gone. They yeah. don't have the money, man. Yeah, yeah they, they don't have the money. Yeah? Want to bet? I will bet. He's a Dubas guy. He's a Dubas guy. I'll put money on Dubis it. Dubas loves his guys. Loves his guys. Well, and, and that, that brings me to an interesting kind of crosshairs here because I think, you know, part of Dubas's strength uh, or purported strengths were player evaluations. And you have to give credit where it's due. He's, ha- he's had more than he's missed. But the ones he's missed on are pretty big. And let's start with, I mean, you know, he's, he's been the whipping boy all season, but I, I think for reason, uh, Cody Ceci. This is a guy that that everyone knew wasn't good. Dude, he doesn't have talent. Right. So he's one of the. Let me finish this. Sure. Let me finish this. Sure. Everybody knew this guy wasn't good. And the Leafs said, oh, no, we can make this work. And, you know, I know that they had to take something back in the Nikita Zaitsev trade. They did not have to play him. And they didn't have to play him in a prominent role. He could have been the seventh defenseman. Um, it's it's a choice to put him with Morgan Riley. It's a choice. Sandine only hit the ice in warm up in this series, right? And you know, I mean, I, uh, Cody Cece is completely I'm sure he's a nice guy, but completely void of any value to a team in the NHL. There's just there's just nothing there, and I'm shocked that that they held in so long with somebody who really didn't give them much when other guys who did Sandine be one of them um, got sniffs here and there, but they didn't make the lineup. You know, I, I, I say the same with Martin Marincin. Um, Who's extended. He signed. Well, well, I know. And that's the thing. So you look at Martin Marincin and you think, okay, well, well, he's a guy and you could just throw him down into the the minors if it doesn't matter or whatever. And all of that is true. Um, But Martin Marincin is not an NHL player. He's just not. No, he might have been. Super not. 
he might have been a player when they had nobody, when it was Gardner, Riley, and like Connor Carrick was getting big minutes, mm-hmm. right? Because they, they were thin. But, you know, Martin Marincin is not a guy that you can put in on this team. He's TJ um, Brennan. Good AHL D-man. Sure. Yeah. And, and, I, and that's – so my – I think it's time to call into question the methods – and the reasoning behind that. I think there's, I think it's a fair question. It was a fair question from the beginning. And listen, we all had high hopes about Cody CC. It was like, please God, just be better than Nikita Zaitsev. Um, and I mean, the jury's out. I don't know if he's better than Nikita Zaitsev. Both were bad. But you put, you take him and you put him with your best defenseman, the best player, dude, and you staple them to, the, to each other. And the only good, you're, you're only getting good results because Morgan Riley is a good hockey player. You're not getting good results because Cody CeCe's helping Morgan Riley. Right. Justin Hall even. Justin Hall, three years, $2 million, signed New Year's Eve. Yeah, why three years? Why New Year's Eve? Why? Well, that's probably when the negotiations you wait, you wait until the trade deadline? Like literally how bad the next two months went? There's not a chance you give him that deal. And you're giving job security to guys who just don't deserve it. Callie Rosen signed for next year because he got extended. Like, just loves his guys. Cannot get enough of his guys. And some of those guys are good. Keith's one of his guys. Yeah, but, but, but it's, it's, some of them are marginal. Like, yeah. Hall, can, Hall has good games, and he plays well with Muzzin. He may not be a $2 million guy, but the guy's an NHL player. I have an issue okay. with Cody CC that clearly is not. That's, that's no the, talent. Nothing. You, you nothing. ever look at Cody CC's hockey DB and go, how did this happen? He had 10 goals one year. What, was everyone standing three feet wide of the net and he just kept banking it in? I don't know, man. That guy got 10. Who was he playing with? And why aren't they running the country? Oh my God. Like it's how many, how many times 13 years I'm making videos or, you know, over half my lifetime of knowing me, Adam, Mm -hmm. have I ever looked at a player? Have I ever talked about a player and just said, he doesn't have talent. He can't do things. There are guys in junior who can skate better, handle the puck better, shoot better. Do backwards crossovers for Christ's sake. That guy can't skate. And you know what's shocking is when he got injured, they did worse. They're not a good hockey team. They have a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. I do want to take a breather in this conversation. We're going to come back to this. But I do, I, I think we need a positive spin. On I think what? we need to on what? No, just just go with me on this, please. Don't be like that. Mm-hmm. I think we do need to celebrate somebody who had a great celebration. Do we not? <sighs> I mean, Steve. Yeah, to, we do. Yeah. If you were to pick, and I wouldn't say from the Leafs, but if you were to pick from the last weekend, the last week, the best celebration you saw, and you were to, I don't know, consume a bowl of delicious Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. I've heard they're great. Flakes. Jesse, very, it was very loud. It's Did very you, low. Can't, I can't hear him. Turn Tony up. 
that's a reason for a cereal celly. There you go. Right, Tony. That's absolutely true. So, so Steve, who would you give it to? And it's unfortunate it can't be a leaf because that comeback win, I was like, wow, there's a few there that we could have used. But I don't know if we can. Because it's no. too, it's a little tainted now, isn't it? Oh, welcome to the island of tainted memories, which we can talk about, Adam. But since yes. we haven't done a show since mm-hmm. one of the most historic comebacks in Leafs history, it would be unfair to, listen, they lost. I'm upset about it. It would be ridiculous to not acknowledge the truly special thing, the one in 140,000 chance of happening thing that happened in game four. Uh, I got to give the Selly of the week to Austin Matthews. I got to give it to him for the overtime winner, 4-3 in game four. The stunned look on his face. We did it. This dude scored 47 times in the regular season. He's not a stranger to scoring goals. He does it all the time. Half the time he looks bored when he does it because he just expects himself to. But even he, the stunned look on his face, could not believe what the Leafs had pulled off. The first team in NHL history to blow a 3-0 lead and lose a game, come back the very next game, which because of the weird circumstances of the season was 24 hours later, Erase the three-goal deficit and win it 4-3 in overtime. Truly special moments, truly special, Sally. And you're absolutely right, Tony. Thanks. Love you, pal. That calls for some frosted flakes. I would have given it to Zach Hyman. You're right. Uh, Zach Hyman had a great one, too. Because there was a there was a there was the with the Zach Hyman one, it was so much desperation and so much joy that he actually was able to pull off a tie. I thought that was great on the tips of his skates. Like Matthews was awesome, but but Zach Hyman was like, "Wow, we we stayed alive somehow. We completed this." Do you know what I'm saying? It was more shocking. Yeah, yeah. So mine's gonna go to Zach Hyman. If we're allowed to give, if we're allowed to, <laughs> I mean, this is the last Leaf games we're gonna be talking about until December. Yep. So you know, I guess this is the time that we can give it to them because that's it. But you know, there was some good. I mean, that Friday game was special. And, yes. uh, you know, um, I, I, I think that that was fun. The problem was my mom's husband, I remember, he asked me um, after that, he said, what do you think about tonight, which was last yesterday? And I said, the problem I have with Friday is not the last four minutes, it's the first 56. Yep. And, and I said, how did they get there in the first place? And I said, you can, I said, that had a one in 140,000 chance. That means you can stop that chance next time. And the Columbus Blue Jackets knew it. They walked in, they knew it. They knew it. it and for, oh, Jonas Carpazal, they just ran into Carpazal. They almost got shut up by Merzlikens in an elimination game. They were and they didn't even away put, from it happening. When Merzlikens came in the first time after Carpazal was pulled, Merzlikens did not face a shot. <laughs> they didn't shoot on him. The, the Leafs had two even strength goals scored on a goalie. Mm-hmm. With five on five, who scored them and when were they? Any guesses? Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews getting the Leafs' first goal of the series in game two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then game three? No. Yep. Oh, yes, game, game three. three. Matthews again? Nope. Nick Robertson. Oh, Nick oh, Ro- no, CC was shorthanded. CC was short-handed. Nick Robertson. The Leafs did not have an even strength goal on a goalie in the final two games of the series. Let me throw this at you. 
Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner has now gone 12 playoff games without a five-on-five assist. Can I give you another Mitch Marner? What? Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner's had one point in game five elimination game, game seven, game seven, and then game six. So in all the elimination games, he's had one point. Yeah. Now, sorry, also in his defense, he can the least penalty kill was perfect. Okay. Good. Against Columbus, this they can't is, score goals. Yes. Adam, this is the thing. He's he's making willy money. We're like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. But it's eleven million. Eleven million is cartoony expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, because that's a game-breaker salary. And the thing about this is that, you know, I've, I've been seeing a lot of the trade proposals and stuff floating around on the internet today, and they all are, who knows, right? No one knows. But uh, the one thing that, that leads me to believe that we may have to move Nylander is that um, they are, that's the movable contract. That's the contract of value. Andreas Janssen signs his deal and he gets a knee injury. That's a player you could have moved. You can't move him now. Kasperi Kapanen, um, as much as I love his wheels, this series to me was a pretty big indicator of um, there may be time for a change there. Um, because, yes, he's great on the penalty kill. Yes, he is. Uh, but I keep wondering when this thing is going to come together, right? And he, he's got this swagger off the ice. Uh, when's he going to back it up on? Right? Like he's cool Fighting Jared McCann. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I give me, you know, when he is on his game, when he is mean, when he is scoring, when he is fast, you go, man, if you could just put this together every night. Here's or even seventy okay, percent of the cru- nights. I'm gonna be cruel. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be brutally honest and cruel. You need something that makes you likable as a team. Mm-hmm. The twenty thirteen No, the twenty thirteen team. You know what? That team sucked. That team really did genuinely suck. You know what? Kind of likable, though. I love those guys. They mm. were fun to watch. Yeah. The fighting and the hitting, it was all dumb. But, damn it, they had an identity, and they were likable. Kessel, Kadri, JVR, that's a good time. I liked uh, time. I love that Kadri, Kadri Lupul line. That was great. Oh, Lupul. Oh, that was a great line. Kadri Weimer, Scrivesna. Yeah. Oh, so Just, they were plucky. That's the word. It's plucky. Lucky. Plucky. Denise's identity is scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when they don't, you don't like them. The Philadelphia Flyers, they know how to score goals. But when they're not scoring goals, you can still like them. The Bruins, they know how to score goals. When they're not scoring goals, you can still like them. The Leafs don't score any goals. What have you done for me lately? Is it a likable group, even? The perception is overpaid young guys who don't show up. That's their, that's their aura. Right? Oh, no, the city that's of Toronto it. doesn't identify with them. Yeah, like the, the no. fan base doesn't identify with them. They don't rock with these guys. They don't. They're, like, that's the brutally honest bit of it. That's the brutally honest bit of it. And I'm sorry, and I know that's cruel. I hope, hope I didn't hurt any feelings. But is what it is. What do you want? What do you want? Tough, tough business. There's a reason you make millions of dollars to do it. Right. Well, Mitch was one that people did. 
But that's cool a lot. I mean, I, I said it last Mitch summer. Mitch is such I was a wrong. likable guy. He's I was such wrong. a likable guy. I was but- wrong about where these negotiations went last summer. But one thing I absolutely was not wrong about is the damage that Darren Ferris's negotiation tactics did to Mitch Marner's reputation. And the part that bothers Leaf fans get him is, is the victim thing that, that's per- perceived. And, you know, Chris, Chris Johnston came on this show and said, listen, he felt, he felt really upset by the way the fans treated him. Really? Well, and he got sick of it before camp. And guess what? He had a contract in two days. Well, what Could have ended at if any it, time? If it was at eleven million dollars when it ended, what was it before? Right. What the fuck was it before? Yeah. Eleven should have been the starting point where they negotiated down to eight or nine, right? And I mean, at the time, I was so happy that he signed. I was like, fucking whatever. They overpaid him a little bit, but let's just go with it. And he still had sixty-seven points and fifty-nine games and injuries and everything else. But the reality is that kind of money goes to goal scorers and game breakers. And There's he is, just so many things. He has not proven that. He is not. No. And you have, to be, you have to prove that first. And what these guys did, all of them, Nylander, Matthews, Marner, all used the fact that they were Toronto Maple Leafs against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the negotiations. They said to the team, what are you going to do without us? And the so reality was the team should have said, you can sit. So many things have happened within this organization over the last year and a half that are not just disappointing and not just concerning. They make me want to scream, what's wrong with you? Austin Matthews signs his contract extension. Marner's agent immediately comes out and lambasts the contract. What's wrong with you? Austin Matthews has what's, uh, what happened in Arizona last spring, the charges, and he doesn't tell the team about it, and they find out about it right before they name a captain. What's wrong with you? Which, by the way, from all reports, he was going to be. Yeah. What is wrong with you? And, and, and beyond that, kind of a shitty thing to do to Morgan Riley now that I think of it. That guy has been the leader to me. He should have been captain. And nothing against John Tavares. I'm a big Tavares guy. I, hope, I don't want him to get traded. I really like him. But Morgan Riley's been here forever. And he's the one out there with quotes after the game yep. every time. Yep. Morgan Riley should have been the captain of this team. I was wrong about that. I thought it should be Austin. A lot of people did. Austin's clearly not ready. Probably the most likable guy on the team. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And probably the most, one of the most stable. Like him and John Tavares are, are rock solid people. Rock solid. Sure. And I'm not saying, I'm not calling characters into question here with the other players. I, I don't get me wrong there. I think it's just that you got a maturity problem here. And but I'm not even I'm not even done. Oh, go oh, sorry. Continue, continue. Scratching Jason Spezza for the home opener. Well, that was bad. Yeah, man. That's what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like I'm, and I and I have the same feedback for Dubis that I had months ago, months and months and months ago. People are taking advantage of you and laughing at you. Stop being the nice guy here. You're giving everyone money. You, it, I, I, the Babcock thing is what I'm going towards. And the time to fire him was very obviously after game seven. I just don't believe that was Dubas's decision. And by the way, since we, since it's impossible 
since we're not allowed to make decisions based on this five-game series, the reason Mike Babcock got to keep his job, supposedly, and you'll remember this quote from when Chris Johnson was on our podcast last April, was that the Leafs played a tight game five against Boston. What? Shocking. 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 Do the thing. What, what we keep hearing, there's two basketball analogies that keep getting made, and I don't see them. Uh, the Michael Jordan Bulls had trouble getting, getting over the hump. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. And the other one is, oh, they, they get to learn from Masai Ujiri. What? What? That guy traded DeMar DeRozan. He reached into the fan base's heart. Uh, it reached into the fan base's chest and tore the heart out. And he replaced it with a ring! Oh, that Kadri is the DeMar trade. No, it's... Who said that? No, it's friggin' not! Who said that? No, it's friggin' not! Dude, Nobody people said, that. said it by the thousands. Are well, you they're out of their minds. There's people not, there's not even a comparison. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's like what would the equivalent trade. be? Mar? Uh, uh, Marner? Matthews. Well, no, Rosen, DeRozan is not Matthews. No, no. <laughs> in terms, no, in terms of the franchise position where the person is, DeRozan oh. was one in the franchise. You're training yep. the number one guy in the franchise. That's Matthews. Yep. So you trade Austin Matthews, then you say you made a DeRozan trade. But you know what Masai did? Like it's, it's... Masai looked at championship teams and said, if our number one guy is DeMar DeRozan, we're not going to win anything. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he pulled he, the plug. And, and he's... Unfortunately, you know, DeMar's a great scorer, but he's also like, like, I think the hundredth best defender in the league. And he got a guy who could score and got a guy who could defend and, you know, had to make some concessions and stuff, but that was a great deal. Uh, I think when you look at the Leafs though, there's, I mean, I think there's definitely some guys that could use a, a fresh Jersey, a different, a different set of circumstances. I think, um, I think sometimes the room gets stale. You know what I mean? And I think people get comfortable. And I have a look at that. I, I, I was so – Kapanen is a guy that I have, like, waved that flag. Man, I've, I've really waved that flag because of the skill set that he has. In this series, I'm sure he tried, but there's just, he's just ineffective. What happened to that player that everyone's like, oh, Kyle Clifford woke him up and he plays different now? Oh, you mean Cappy? Yeah. Like, like has you, – you know what I haven't seen – yet on twitter this morning because i just haven't slept is uh they usually do the long list of all the injuries everyone has like was he hurt don't know like what happened to that was that changes things right like this is what i keep talking about every year like you don't need to go out and get someone to stick up for yourself jake gardner punched brendan lemieux in the face and instantly became the hero of hockey Twitter just last week. It's Jake Gardner. Jason Spezza, I think, <laughs> like, it's funny. Because the Leafs came back in that game, everyone's like, oh, Jason Spezza saving the season. Like, to me, that's when this team died. That was the moment that Jason Spezza getting into a fight, in retrospect, is the moment this current group died as a team. You let a 37-year-old fight for you. 
dunk your head in a toilet. Like <laughs> that's that's mortifying. It's did, mortifying. Did Kyle Dubas build the team backwards? Because he tried to do offense and then kind of do the defense and then goaltending. Should have been, hey, we don't have a backup goaltender for two years. Let me start there, then move our way to the defense, and then we figure out the offense. Can, can I take that pieces? one? Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. So what the, what the philosophy was, uh, and I think still is, is accumulate as much offensive talent as you can because in a trade situation, offensive talent is the most valuable. Uh, you know, I guess besides right-handed defensemen, but even they, they, you know, a top end right-handed defenseman will have some offensive upside. You know, Petrangelo is going to put up 40 points, something like that. The Leafs problem is that they accumulated all this offensive talent and held on to it. They refused to trade anybody unless they were trading at a deficit. Marlowe, Zaitsev, those are guys they traded. Guys like Janssen and Kapanen, who you could have signed and traded last summer, or just so, sold high on, sold high on, you didn't do it because you yeah. thought, well, we need the we need the depth. When in actual fact, you probably didn't because you've got a lot of high end talent, and you know you go into next season, they've got fifty five million bucks wrapped up in the forwards right now, and fifteen million on defense. You know the whole thing is if you're going to accumulate a ton of offensive talent, you have to trade some of it. And I wasn't, I'm not saying trade Nylander because I, I really don't like that thing because he was great this year. But now they may have to. If you're talking about selling high, if you're they talking may, about selling high, that's the guy. That's the guy. And you may have to because, you know, he did score 31 goals most, around, most in and around the net. I think it hurts them a lot if they have to. But there's no, there's no cap going up anymore. Like, things have changed. So you want to talk about selling high? Well, Hyman. yeah, 100%. I don't want I, him gone, but... You got to get what you got to get. The, the thing is, Jesse, to answer your question, they had a strategy and they did not follow their own strategy or have not to this point. The reality is, if you have that much offensive talent, you must trade some of it. And they have tried to keep this entire group together. And I'm not talking about the big five, Riley, Tavares, Matthews, Marner, and uh, Nylander. I'm talking about Kapanen, Kerfoot, um, uh, Janssen, these guys are not guys you have to hang on to. Kerfoot, you'd be selling a little high. Sure. Well, you, he was, but, but the thing I is, can't is that believe. there is value to players yeah. like that, yeah. and there would have been value on that team. And we know that the Leafs could have had the, the right-handed shot defenseman they wanted. We've seen it in Sportsnet articles. If they had parted with Kapanen and they refused to do so. Those guys are not core guys. They are how did not he reward you? Guys. How did he reward you? Well, exactly. They're not core guys on this team. Showing up late. Yeah, showing up late. and Being a pain in the ass off the ice. Going out and getting, you know, like, you know, risking things with the tattoo that he had earlier this year. Let's just be honest. Like, you know, the guys, I know he's he's his own rock star. I get it. And cool. Be young and have fun and whatever. Back it up on the ice. The question I would... The question I would ask Kyle Dubas, if he's listening right now, is which one of these guys has thanked you with their actions? Matthews and Tavares that no first year. no Tavares that first year 88 points Matthews okay I'm gonna go a little madman here well he scored 47 goals that's what the money is for yeah that's fair you didn't tell the GM well you did it in the first place you- too like that that that's one of the most that's one of the wildest things I've ever heard 
one of the wildest things I've ever heard. 47 goals, that's what the money is for. Who on this team has thanked you with their actions consistently on and off the ice? It's a short list. Get out the guillotine, Kyle. It's your only option. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The thing is, is like we were talking about that third line and, and about how what the trades are going to have to make, and I think it's going to be all of them. Yeah, but you got to shed salary. Yeah. Um, you got Robertson coming in. Um, you got to find some other pieces. You got to find a third line center now. Um, Robertson, Robertson, a kid who is is currently all evidence is pointing to thanking you with his actions on and off the ice. Make room for him. Make room for him. He scored over 50 goals in the OHL. He was annoying the nutritionist by texting them so often, working out really hard. He pushed the pace at camp. That kid's a teenager. That's the sort of person you need in your organization. That's the sort of – get someone who is thanking you with their actions on and off the ice. Zach Hyman thanks you every day mm-hmm. with his actions on – and off the ice. That's probably why they don't want to let him go. But they, they shouldn't. Have to. They absolutely should not let Zach Hyman go. Did this series not prove though that when it comes down to winning these games, it's not going to come down to who's the wingers on the third and fourth lines? It's yes, come exactly. Down to your top li- top two yep. lines yes. and your defensive core. Yep. So yes, Jesse. There just be so much less focus on okay, who's our who's our third line left winger? Like that's not what's important here right now. It's not about the top line because they're going to be playing in the 10 minutes when we're down a goal in an elimination game and who's on defense because we need somebody to stop the puck. And you see Engvall flying. Well, and we need somebody, we need somebody when Jake Muzzin goes down, it can't kill your, your, your whole strategy. Yeah. The entire, there has to be, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that you're, that you're honest to God Best plan was if we have one injury, Martin Marincin draws in. That's your plan. That's your that's your that eight or nine. That is not good enough, man. Your eight or nine. You can yeah. That's if you have. That's like if you're the Vancouver Canucks in 2011 and you have 40 million injuries. I was just thinking about that. I was I was about to go through the list of Canucks used in 2011 and and okay. Then they use like 12 it's, defensemen. It was uh, 13, I think, and I'm like. At 13, you're dipping into your ECHL team. And right. I'm just like, is he better than Aaron Rome? Like. Right. This is the, this is the, uh, the brutal, the brutal honesty, right? So we said also, at the beginning, we said at the beginning of the sorry, season, go ahead. We, we said at the beginning of the season, this team lost its baby fat, right? Mm-hmm. It's not cute anymore because all the money and everything that's been through, there's just too much baggage. And the only way to overcome that is to win. They didn't. So now you're not cute and you lost. I also want to say that I think Sheldon Keefe made a huge mistake. He stared down John Tortorella in this series and he, and he blinked. Yep. John Tortorella put out the same Columbus Blue Jackets all five games. Sheldon Keefe. Pretty much. Sheldon Keefe changed the Leafs throughout the series. Yeah. Changed the Leafs. He, he, like the whole point of their offensive attack was to come in waves. And in the last game, you stack one line and then start Willie at center. They kicked ass. That line kicked ass, but the plan score. behind them. The, yeah, they didn't score, and the plan behind them was garbage. Garbage. 
And I mean, good enough. And I remember, and, and this goes to your point that you bring up almost every episode, Adam, because you're right. That put Kapanen in the top six. And he's, he can't. It's kind of an evaluation game. Part of me wonders if they're like, listen, we don't like what we've seen this season. We don't like what we've seen this series. Put some guys in funky positions because if they can't win this one game, we're not going to beat Tampa in the next round. We're not going to make any kind of noise in these playoffs. See what they can do. Just see what the team can do. And the answer was nothing. Mm. They get shut out in an elimination game. I also don't understand why you start Andreas Janssen when Nick Robertson's been playing. And I understand Nick Robertson's younger. I understand he doesn't have the experience. But I don't understand why Andreas Janssen has not seen game action for six months. They gave him an opportunity to play his last game as a Leaf. Oh. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I'm serious. It goes with the theory that it was an evaluation game. I mean, they couldn't have been, they're not stupid. They couldn't have been happy with this season. Like we all, let's just be honest. Like as a fan, this season was awful. And it's the second bad year in a row of this is not a good team. Something stinks and it's getting worse. And and you could feel it. You know why? When you, you watch really great teams, you feel light. You feel there. There's a feeling that you get. Like when you, when I watch uh, the Carolina hurricanes play, I feel light. I feel Blues, like when I watch the Avs, when I, yeah, when I watch yeah. the Leafs play, I feel like I'm carrying, as, to quote Steve, a backpack full of weights. I feel heavy. I feel like I've just gone, gone through an intense therapy session. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's one of those things that there is, first off, there's no joy on the ice anymore. And I think, secondly, there's just not a very good. <laughs> nobody's enjoying it and i just i just feel the need to say it over and over again it's not the five game series no it's the no. 70 games before stop. that stop that we're not good stop. this wasn't a playoff team until a run in december they still yeah. might have missed yeah they still might have missed who knows they still might have missed they did season. miss Guys, they, they did. Did, miss. did miss the playoffs. Yeah, this isn't a playoff team. They made the NHL playoffs. Did you notice the wording throughout? Yeah. NHL oh, it's a, it's a playoff record. It's an NHL playoff record. You know what they don't get an opportunity to play in? The Stanley, Stanley Cup. Cup playoffs. Yeah. They played in the playoff qualifiers, which I guess is playoff hockey. It's on, if you go on HockeyDB, it's under their playoff stats. It's not the Stanley Cup playoffs. So if you're an, a fan in Edmonton, how much of this can you identify with this? I, Edmonton, I look at, and they had, I know Darnell Nurse had his quote where he's like, you can't look at this as a building season. We want to be playing for the Stanley Cup and we're not playing for the Stanley Cup. The Oilers legitimately built this season. And I think- They took a step forward, yeah. They, they took a step forward. They might've found out a couple things about their goaltending. Um, but really nothing got exposed about them by Chicago that we didn't know already. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think they need to go out and make rash decisions. And you look at them and you go, they could have used this or they could have used that on the back end. They tried to address that with Mike Green. He didn't come to play. Uh, oh, which, right. was, which was his yeah, absolute his prerogative. right. His prerogative, his absolute right to do. Uh, they went out and they got a Thanasiu. They went out and they got Tyler Ennis. And now they're not even in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
Um, I don't think they should do anything rash. I don't think the Penguins should do anything rash beyond they have to make a decision with Matt Murray and um, they should talk to Elon Musk about sending Jack Johnson into space. Uh, but beyond that, uh, I don't really see there being a whole lot to do for either of those teams. Plus, you're going to look really good with Lafreniere next year. So, I, don't, I mean, I, I, the Oilers proved this season they're a good team. They were the five seed. They were going to make the playoffs. The Penguins reiterated that they're a good team. They were the five seed. They were going to make the playoffs. The Leafs? They played hot potato with a playoff spot with the Panthers for a month. And the Panthers are bad. They are terrible. And they just lost their GM because they're not very good. The best, the best acquisition they've ever made is the lack of Dale Talon. Boy, dude, he's, yeah, he's a terrible be, that's, GM. That's going to be a Gordian not to undo in, in Florida. A, but uh, man, uh, like you could talk about. Oh, he built the Blackhawks. Man, that was a decade ago. Yeah, that was over anymore. a decade ago. They won the cup a decade ago. He built them over a decade ago. John Tortorella is not a good coach in the NHL because of what he did with the Tampa Bay Lightning 16 years ago. No. He's a good coach of what he's, because of what he's doing with the Blue Jackets now. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a better coach this year, I think, even than he did last year against Tampa. Yeah. The reason for that, reason yeah. For that is they had mega talent on that Columbus team last year, and they don't this year. You know, with no, no, no disrespect to any of those players, uh, you know, you can't compare any of them to Panarin. Uh, or what Bobrovsky used to be when he was winning Vesnas. And I think that's the, that's the point is that I think, I think Torts, I mean, he's certainly gained a lot of points in my book. I thought, I thought, I'm like, this guy is overblown and he's this and he's that. But man, he is able to take a team that doesn't have a lot of talent compared to other teams and make a team out of them. And they commit to that style and they stick to it. They do Puts this. Puts his players play. in a position to succeed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Seth Jones, know. holy shit. Unbelievable. Yeah. Great what a player. player. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. What a player. What and a like, great trade that was. Oh. That's a oh. robbery. Robbery. Wierenski's better than I thought, too. Yep. And um, he was hurt. Savard. That's the thing, too. If anybody asks, like, if, if that list of injured players comes out and anybody makes mis- excuses for them, everybody in the playoffs is injured and everybody came in healthy. So I'm sorry, but I don't have any sympathy. It's not that I don't have sympathy. Like, I hope you feel better, and I hope that your, you know, whatever's hurt gets better. But everybody is hurt. It's what you do when you're hurt. It's what you do when you're, when you're down. You know, like, it's the Patrice Bergeron, you know, playing with a punctured lung. Like, it's not that I recommend it. Yeah, that, that crossed the line into genuinely stupid. Yeah, that was <laughs> but yeah. but for the most part, you're talking about guys playing with like fractures and sprains and minor tears and bruises and lacerations and <sighs> something that might kill you. Maybe you shouldn't yeah, play through. But beyond that, like okay, you you know you taped your wrist. <laughs> That's different. Mm-hmm. They're not good enough. They're not good enough. So, they haven't been good enough. So the question is, and this is for everybody, okay? Everybody in the comments, Jesse, Steve, myself, what is the path forward? What Don't do you do? Tony the Tiger. What about him? 
He's also got to answer the question. Well, okay, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> like, to be right. great, what do they have to do? Like, what's the, what's, you know, it, what is the, like, if you were to put together, you know, it's Saturday morning and you've got a list, Steve, from Mrs. Dangle on the things that you need to get done today because she's doing some other things with Leo and you got to get some stuff done. If this is Kyle Dubas' Saturday morning list, what's the list? What's the priority? What do you do about the team that you have? Priority absolute number one. Beyond all the cap problems is you need a list of six NHL defensemen. How many, like, we, you know, we talk about the right side and this and that. How many certifiable, how many guys do the Leafs have on defense that would have been in the Blues top six to win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> Maybe two. Two. Maybe three. They have two. Muzzin, Muzzin Riley. Muzzin Riley. And not with the, and, and like we haven't even mentioned Barry, but Barry I wanted him to be good so bad. So bad. Defended, defended, defended. Kept waiting for it to happen. Just atrocious. And the slap Awful. shots from the point, man. What the hell is that? What are they I, I doing? Don't, I don't have an answer for you, Adam. How many Leafs defensemen would be on the top six? On the Bruins. I think two. The answer keeps coming back to two. Two. The good thing about that answer, though, is those are the only two guys signed through this year. Unless, unless you count, like, Justin Hall. But Which you shouldn't. Adam, which you can, but yes. Mm-hmm. Justin Hall in – sorry, go ahead, Sissy. Sorry. comes off. Barry comes off. Yep. Dermott's an RFA. Callie Rosen, 750. Marinchin 750, like those are minor league contracts. So the good mm-hmm. thing moving forward, the only two guys you got signed are the two guys you want to hang on to. And like questions like, how much better is Travis Dermott than Callie Rosen currently? And how much better is he going to get than him? And then you also throw Tevu Kimihalmi, Kivi Halmi, sorry, into the conversation and Miko Lettinen. Mm-hmm. Like the Leafs. I think they have a lot of moves to make. I was going to say this summer, this fall, because it's weird. Uh, they're going to have to make some moves. And then once the season begins, they got a month, and then they got to make some more. Because it's just not enough. It's just, how do you say to a team, you have to re- redo your entire decor? And, and like, that's disastrous. It's disastrous. Well, you got three guys that you can trade for legitimate NHL defensemen. Yeah. The entire third line. And I know Janssen played other minutes, but like, let's say that, let's, let's be honest. You know, the third line was Kapanen, Janssen, Kerfoot. All three of those guys can go. One of them, one of them can go for a center. Uh, or, you know, you, cause you, I would imagine Spets will be back. You put him on the fourth line, whatever. He's Engvall. fine. Engvall be good. Yeah. I mean, he was flying out there. I think the Freddie Gauthier experiment is over. It's over. The fact that Freddie Goche saw the ice, that they opened the boards to him, that they decided that this would be a good thing. You talk about Dubas liking his guys. Do you think that Keith doesn't either? I mean, the idea, the balls that you have dressing Freddie Goche over Pierre Engvall. And a good person. Freddie the Goat. So what? No, no. 
Nice wait, guy. We, we talked about so guys. What? We talked about guys paying you back on and off the ice. He pays you back off the ice. Yes. There's, but there's no on. Right. There's no on. We're done. We're done here with that. Yeah. What's the uh, What's the Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Nice guy. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> like it's nice guy. Fuck you. Go home and play with your kids. Yes. Yes. It's for ice time is for closers, closers. And that's not what Freddie is. And it's, it's unfortunate. Like it's unfair. You, to put you can't him replace him with Adam Brooks. Sure. You can. What are you missing? The physicality? Nothing. Shut up. When not the, not the skating, not the puck handling, not the shooting, not the anything, not the anything. And Adam Brooks cost you nothing. Well, so does Freddie. But I mean, what I'm trying to say here is you can, you can fill out a third line with pieces they have in the system and maybe a couple of like depth free agent signings. And yeah, the third line won't be as good and we'll probably bitch about it next season. But also they have a pretty solid top six that should score, right? They should score. And then if you have four or five NHL caliber defensemen, we're talking Muzzin, Riley, guy who should be a three, guy who should be a four, guy who should be a five, and then Rasmus Sandin at number six, and I'm not glued to Travis Dermott coming back. No. Nope. I'm not glued to almost anybody coming back. Um, you know, there's a guy that you probably could trade. There's a yep. value guy. You probably, yep. you know, you're not going to get another defenseman for him. I bet you you get, another, you get a center for him. I don't know. I don't know what you get for him. If you're looking for a center or something at a, at a reasonable cost for the third line, you know, because that's important. That's like if we need a center for the third line that can kill penalties. Like, can, can, I, read, can I read the forward group that the Leafs lost to? Sure. Like, I mean, we've heard it all. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you I, need to. Do you well, want okay. to read it? Sure. I'll okay. do it quick. Cam Atkinson. <laughs> yeah. Good player. Who is their highest paid forward. Good mm-hmm. player. Gustav Nyquist, who was their big free agent get. Nick Foligno, Alex Wenberg, Boone Jenner, Riley Nash, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Devin Shore, Emil Benstrom, who supposedly Dubas wanted to draft, and Mark Hunter said, <laughs> Alexander Texier, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Eric Robinson. I don't think I heard his name before the series. No, didn't know him. Ryan McKinnis, Kevin Stenland, Jacob Lilia. Stefan Matteau, Nathan Gerby, Mikhail Grigorenko. Oh, he's signed next year. The Leafs forwards lost to that. Like, all respect to those guys. They lost to that. For crying out loud. <laughs> they Can suck. we admit, too, that Matthews, Tavares, Marner doesn't work? Loading up? It just The game of hockey doesn't lend to loading up like that? Yeah, it does. No, it, it Bruins made the final like that. No, but they they have a core that's built towards having that first line because they can afford to have that top line because they have a second line that also works. All their guys took Matthews discounts. Matthews is a center. Tavares is a center. They should be on two separate lines. All their guys took discounts. Bergeron's on a great deal. Marchand's on a great deal. And uh, Pasternak uh, gives all his money away or something. Yeah, and Matthews has paid a lot, and Tavares has paid a lot, and Mitch Marner has paid a lot. So the, the teams, it doesn't work out, you know? They, he, uh, Keith loaded up this line, and it didn't score. And then the rest of the team couldn't pick up the slack because there's no depth at those positions because the team wasn't built to have one line just going because it doesn't work because it didn't score. So I think we should probably get rid of that experiment going forward unless you're going to build a team where you have a 
second line center who's not your left winger who hasn't played that position in years i don't i don't think that that was i don't think that was a long-term solution i think he just wanted to get some damn goals and he couldn't get them it didn't work no it, it didn't. was an evaluation game can willie play center no that's not no. fair though they also didn't set him up for success no they did not wait for the last game of the season when everything's no, but- on the line now we're gonna put you at center I think we're forgetting I think we're forgetting something. And that something is the Leafs were in on a bunch of guys. They were in on a bunch of guys at the deadline. Do you remember what the last game was before the trade deadline? Uh the Nashville game that got canceled or the Tampa Bay? David Ayers. Oh, that was before the, Oh. That was the last game before the trade deadline. Right. And the management group said absolutely not. We are not spending any more assets to help you. You're on your own. We're so going to see what we have. I think the Leafs were so they're fully aware. Pre- they're, aware. they're aware. I think they were fully prepared this spring to be like, show us, A, you can make the playoffs, and B, you can do anything in them. And they got their answer. Now it's their time to make a decision. Again, mm-hmm. for the thousandth time, it's not about the five-game series. Management – Threw the gauntlet down. They threw the gauntlet down that day when their big uh, trade deadline acquisition was Callie Rosen. They threw the gauntlet down that day. Put up or shut up. They didn't put up. So it's time to blow it up. Sure is. Sure is. Seismic changes to uh, quote Chris Johnson. So, you know, going into Wednesday's games, uh, we're going to have the podcast. Uh, we're going to kind of preview the first round, the real first round. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about that sort of thing at that time. Um, you know, I think this this podcast had to be about the Leafs just because, you know, even at, like, we, you know, Steve, we talked about Edmonton and stuff, and I know their fans are disappointed, but you can make pretty good improvements there pretty quickly, right? And, you know, McDavid, McDavid made – a good point too, I think, in the press conference, which was you can't just bring your intensity up against Calgary. It's got to be against everybody. Uh, and, man, and that, that dude had nine points in four games. I thought he had twelve. Wasn't it twelve? Oh, I don't know. I believe you. Like, like holy stupid. shit! Like stupid. that's unreal. And I saw Drysaddle had six, and I'm like, oh, what happened? <laughs> like, just the standard for those two is un- unbelievable. Unbelievable what those two have to do, and. I think the difference was for almost all season, they had support and they just couldn't find it in those four games. Like to me, that's, that's a place where you don't make rash, rash decisions. The Leafs, it's not a place where you make rash decisions either. The decisions were made months, months ago. They were just confirmed last night. Yeah. That's a good point. Last year, right? Sorry. Sorry. This is Frederick Anderson's last year as a Leaf. With the Leafs? I hope so. Yeah, it, it will be. I mean, remember last summer, we had an event, or was it two summers ago? We had an event uh, with a local brewery, and somebody asked, like, you know, what do you give Freddie Anderson when his deal's up? And I told, I said to the crowd, you don't resign him. How much, Jesse? Zero. Zero dollars. Zero dollars. You let him walk out the door. You, you say, hey, Pasternak plays for, three, uh, for free. <laughs> Why don't you? And he'll go, oh, you're right. <laughs> well yeah and that's what yeah, what did not- we learn boys and girls what did we learn we don't give goalies over 30 lots of money when they're ufas yeah 
Freddie fits that description. It's nothing personal. Just no. Simply no. Well, and I wonder if you don't use one of those, you know, the Kappen and Kerfoot, Janssen trade bait, even Dermot, to pick up someone. Because I know that there would be a market for Freddie now. Sure. There'd be a huge market. He's got, you want to talk about selling high. Frederick Anderson's a good guy to sell high on. And Dubas has got to stop being, as Steve said, the nice guy. The nice guy would hang on to Frederick Anderson and go, well, maybe. No, he he does turn it on. And Frederick Anderson, without question, has carried this team on many, many nights. But the reality is we get into the playoffs. We saw it live, guys. There are six goal games. And he doesn't have any help, I guess. But come on. It's not like Carey Price. I'm not looking. I'm not asking him to be Carey Price. But Carey Price has no help either. And, Cal- or, and, and Montreal is in the playoffs. Adam, I have, I have a unique opportunity today. What do you have? After this podcast, uh, I'm going to be on P.K. Subban's podcast. Ooh. Oh, wow. That'll be and, cool. And in return, so I'm, I'm doing 10 minutes you, with him. Did you trip over that name you dropped? Oh, hey. You see, because you see. Um, <laughs> is he so coming on I get our 10 podcast? Min- well, so I do get 10 minutes with him. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Should I say No, save? just throw it up on the channel. No, just do it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, no, you don't need to have us there for it. Anyway, we'll, we'll, regardless. But what I want to ask him, because he was part of a fascinating game that is the Leafs in a nutshell. And it was, it was, it was a game that I got so stuck on when doing the 70-7 and 7 series. The Leafs were murdering murdering the New Jersey Devils. Like it was a ritual sacrifice what they were doing to this team. Matthews scored the fifth goal and sixth goal. Then I think the Devils scored three to make it 6-4. Matthews gets the last one to make it 7-4. So he gets a hat trick, his first hat trick since his debut game. Leafs get a three-game, a three-goal win in which they score seven goals and fans are leaving the building going, because it's the devils. And I want to know from his perspective and as an NHL defenseman, I'm sure he's been in games where his team is choked too. What is it about this team? I would love to hear his answer. They can just not weather the storm. They can never, ever weather the storm. And when they do, it's by the seat of their pants. Dude, like, that's going to be a great piece of clip. I would love to know what he says. When they do, it's by the seat of their pants. Like, the, the, we often talk about there was a game in Tampa where Muzzin got hurt, and mm-hmm. Travis Dermott played, like, nine minutes of the third period. It was insane, and it was, you know, out of necessity. The Leafs did win that game. That was the game where Willie scored the between-the-legs goal, but Tampa scores another one. It's 4-3, and, hey, they held on to win. Go and watch the final few minutes of that game. They won it by the grace of God. You know what I mean? And it just feels like that's the only way in which they win. The way the Leafs lose games where they're down, like seriously, unless it was Matthews or Tavares scoring in the final minute, their games were over. And you look at, uh, what was it, game – was it game one? It was one of the games against the Blue Jackets. They didn't have a shot for the final nearly seven minutes. And the David Ayers game, I think I want to say they have three third period shots or something like that. 
Like, there's no storm to weather for their opponent. Ah, I just, I'm going to pick that guy's brain. I just want to know all about it. (laughs) I want to know all about it. And I wonder how open he'll be about it uh, on account of he still has to play them. (laughs) He's still in the NHL. You know what? If I were him, I wouldn't be afraid because how many of them are going to be Leafs next year? There, that unit, guys. That maybe it'll be team, him. the The team is done. This team is over. This team no longer exists. And that that so unit f- that you've seen is over. It's over. It should. And if it's not over, then the GM's time here is over. It's that's that's over. genuinely heartbreaking. It's that's over. Genuinely heartbreaking. It's over. Doesn't mean they can't be successful with some of the players that they have. I'm gonna be sad about that. But, I'm gonna be sad about that sentence for the rest of the day. I want you to know that. I'm going to be sad about that for the rest of the day. We've seen it. It's over. That's so heartbreaking, man. Is it better or worse than the Phil Kessel wasted era? It's better. This is better. This is still better. This is still, no matter what, this is better. Well, okay, yeah. We're not talking about frigging putting Matthews with Dave Steckel and Joey Crabb. Yeah. But that, that's what makes it worse. It should have gone better than this. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. That's but it is over. And the and question like, is, who will be back for the new chapter? Because next year, new, it, honestly, it's going to be like total facelift. It has to be. Yeah. This is the problem with such a young team, is you keep going while they're a young team. Mm-hmm. And what about next year? And what about next year? And what about next year? And then all those guys you're talking about are bald and have gray hair. And you have no round so wins you. even. Do you so realize? You. Do you re- okay, everyone look at me. Look, look at the look at the bags, the weathered skin. Got got gray hairs around the temple now. The last Leaf series win was half my life ago. Are you serious? Last Leaf win was two thousand four. We're like two years away from the next crop of draft picks. Never living in a world where the Leafs have been to the second round. Alexi Lafreniere was like two when Roenick scored that goal on the Leafs in 2004. Like, beyond this current group, I'm just so tired as a fan of getting uh, swirlied by the rest of the league. Don't think the losing thing is exclusive to your team. Like, the Red Sox went... 86 years without a world series title mm-hmm. the the jays went 92 to 2015 without making playoffs. the playoffs because you know, the red sox got stupid. close for crying out loud though they did, in but between like, be be a cleveland browns fan like don't losing isn't exclusive to the leafs it happens across pro sports just mm-hmm. we're micro analyzing sure. this team because we care about them a lot yeah sure although the leafs do as i always say when they lose they lose in a spectacular news-making way so anyway, with that, I think we will wrap the show. I don't think we need to do a press conference. I want you to send in your questions for next show when we do our first round preview. Uh, and we'll actually see, I mean, God, uh, Montreal and Chicago even being in it is a miracle. They'll be fun to watch. Uh, Steve and Jesse and I are going to pick new teams that we are cheering for. Yeah. We're going to pick new teams for the playoffs. And we are going to root for those teams. We're going to watch yeah. those. We're going to live tweet about those teams. Okay? Yeah. And you can pick yours too. And we will see you Wednesday for what I hope will be at least a much happier show and definitely emotionally detached because, man, <laughs> this is hard. But this, 
just so you know, this era of the Toronto Maple Leafs is over. It's over. But what's over? This what? it's, a, it's you. No, you tell me. What is it, Steve? This, this era. It's over. <laughs> this is it. And in- to all your friends who say, yeah, Leafs suck, they're not wrong. The Leafs do suck right now. The Leafs suck, plain and simple. The Leafs suck, and it's time for that to change. <laughs> and I think we can leave it at that. In four and a half hours, when the NHL holds their draft lottery, mm-hmm. if the Toronto Maple Leafs get Lafreniere, is this entire podcast wiped out? No. No, they st- no, they still have an enormous Every amount of work to do. Single thing we said was true. Yeah, but I got news for you. Uh, you guys better hop back on the goddamn microphone. Yeah, <laughs> because we're gonna have some shit to say. I yeah. had, I got a busy day. I got this show, Subban show. I'm gonna be on Tim and Sid just promoting stuff. I'm gonna do a first round predictions video, and if the Leafs get Lafreniere, we're getting back to work, boys. Okay. All right. Until then, we love you. We'll see you Wednesday. Thanks for listening, everybody. What a bloody mess this is. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete.